Scripture says that God our Savior desires all men to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. But what is the truth? And how do we gain that knowledge? The answer to these questions and more in today's edition of Faith with Father. Living Bread Radio presents Faith with Father, a program aimed at teaching today's culture the truth about the Catholic faith. And now here's your host, Tim Perry. Hello, and welcome to this edition of Faith with Father. I'm your host, Tim Perry, and with me today in studio is Father Joe Lobbock, pastor of Sacred Heart of Jesus Parish in Wadsworth. Welcome, Father. Welcome. Thank you, Tim. Yeah, today we're... Thank you very much. uh, Yep, it's good to have you in studio again today. Today in the UCAT, we're going to talk about uh, Section 3, how we are to have life in Christ. And the first question is number 279. And question 279 asks, why do we need faith and the sacraments in order to live a good and upright life? Well, we can't really, we can't live any kind of life without God. Because, of course, he's the one who made us and made us in his own image and likeness. And we can't live a life of faith and goodness without him. So faith and the sacraments are really all about our relationship with God. Faith says that we have a relationship with God. We believe in him. And so, and that's not just something we do with our heads. Like, I believe the sky is blue. I believe that there's gravity and things like that. This means it has an impact on our lives. When we believe in another person, anybody could be a spouse, a friend, a relative, whoever. If we believe in somebody, that has an impact on our life. And if we believe in God, then it has his his being, his person, has an impact on our lives and we come closer to him and get to know him better through the sacraments initially baptism we are baptized into the body of christ into the father the son and the holy spirit we have a relationship we're part of that trinitarian community that is god and so and all the other sacraments also just follow up and draw us more and more into the life of god so without that, we're not going to be able to do much at all of of any good anyway. Mm-hmm. So. Would, would you say that one of the problems with our world today is that because people don't think they need God, they're not going to church, and therefore they're not getting the benefit of hearing the Holy Word of God or receiving the sacraments? I think so. I think in the world we live in today, especially this part of the world, I wouldn't say it's generally throughout the world, but in your uh, developed countries, first world, such as we live, there is a great sense of self-sufficiency where we don't need, we have ourselves, we have our businesses, we have our, our jobs, our careers, and we seem to get along very well on our own, or so we think. And that's where the big lie comes in. Because the devil is deceiving us into believing that. That we don't need all that. We don't have to go to Mass on Sunday. I'm doing fine without it. And if I don't go, I stopped going four or five years ago. Nothing happened. I didn't lose anything. Not the, the sky didn't cave in. The, the My business didn't dry up. I didn't lose my job. 
and on and on and on. Everything pretty much stays the same and maybe even better. It, it just because of that's the circumstances. And so it causes us to think, well, that's not a big deal. That's nice. If I need it, I know it's there. That's kind of like it's on the sideline there. So if I really need to go over there, then I can. But I don't have to get up and go to mass and be part of a faith community and believe all that stuff, you know. So it's mm -hmm. a lot easier just believing in myself and in the world that I live in. One one of the favorite definitions that you have given at church numerous times is that the definition of humility is that God is God and I'm not. Right. So by mentally assenting to that fact, but then understanding it with humility, it makes, at least for me, it made me realize that because I'm not God, I'm totally dependent on God. And because of that reason, that's why I need to go to Mass and go to church to thank God for all the blessings and graces that he's given me and my family and my loved ones. Mm -hmm. But a lot of people, they they can say that this comes from God, but that's what God does. He loves me, and he's going to take care of me. And I don't have to do much at all because he loves me. And in the long run, nobody's really going to go to hell. You know, that's what the world believes today. If God loves me, he's not going to send me he's to hell. He's not going to send me to hell. But the point of the, of the matter is, and as we'll talk about later, I think, is that we have to make a choice. It's not just going to happen automatically. We have to do something. We have to say yes to God. And we do that by the way we live our lives. You know, God's not just going to take care of everything. As long as I don't do anything really, really bad, then it'll all be all right. And that's not what the gospel says. That's not what Jesus taught us. Far from it. So we need to, you know, to listen and listen more closely to God's word. Because uh, a lot of people are kind of missing out on that. One of the things Jesus said that's very clear is when he said that, if you're lukewarm, I'm going to spit you out of my mouth. Right. So just like you said, we have to make a choice. We have to make a decision, either for God or not. And if we're for God, then, as you mentioned, we have to live our lives as if we really believe that, and as if we really mean it. Yeah, and we can't do that apart from God, especially apart from the Eucharist. I was I was had mass this morning with the kids at 9:30 and I we began our solemn eucharistic devotions today. And you know, you can't Jesus made it very clear John 6, unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you have no life in you. This is it, you know? And where do we get that? Only at mass, only by coming to worship God, listen to his word, be fed by the body and blood of Christ. We can't do that anywhere else. Not at home reading the newspaper or going to a ball game or whatever else people choose to do on Sunday mornings. Good point, Father. That's well said. Uh, question 280 of the UCAT asks, what reasons do Christians give for human dignity? Well, people kind of boil it down to simple humanism. Just uh, we're supposed to be nice to people because they're people. Okay, but where does that that idea come from? It comes again because of who made us. We are made in the image and likeness of God. So from the very moment of our conception, 
God has a plan for us. He endows us with a, a, an eternal soul, a soul that is going to live forever. And he also, in many ways, calls us to follow him, to live our lives following his word, because that is the way that leads to eternal life. As Peter told Jesus, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of everlasting life. And our dignity flows again from our relationship with God and the love that he has for us. No matter who that person is, no matter what they look like, where they came from, the color of their skin, their mental capabilities, their physical capabilities, it doesn't matter. They're human being, then they are made in the image and likeness of God. And that is what gives us dignity. And for that, we should respect the life that God has created. All human life is sacred to God. And the beauty of the Catholic Church is they've never wavered from that. They've been no. very consistent and never uh, left right down the middle, which is life is sacred. Life begins at conception. Until natural death, we have to respect life because it is a gift from God, and that's what people realize. Our lives really aren't our own. We're, we're, we're to live our lives in a way to give back to God and to thank him for what he's given right. us. Yeah, and again, that's where our dignity comes from. It's not what we can do. So we've gone through periods of history where certain types of people, maybe because of the color of their skin, their culture, was judged to be less than than mine, and so they are less than human, or because they can't produce and give something back to the society. They're not productive, therefore they should be eliminated. So they did that in Germany with uh, Adolf Hitler, and many other societies and civilizations have done the same thing. And there are people today who advocate the very same thing. Well, they have all these tests before a child is born, amniocentesis. And if there's something wrong with the baby, then get rid of it. We don't want it. It's not going to be, it's going to be a burden. It's not going to be a productive member of our society. Or if someone gets too old and sickly, they can't do anything to kind of pull their weight or offer us anything. So we get rid of them with assisted suicide. Yeah, a lot of people are aware of the fact that abortion is legal, but equally as tragic is the fact that euthanasia is actually legal in several states in our country. It is, yes, it is. Yes, And it's one of those silent things that you don't hear as much about as you do abortion. But the fact of the matter is, whether it's a baby that's formed in the womb or an elderly person who can no longer be productive, they have equal dignity as far as God's concerned and as far as we're concerned as Christians. Yes, and it's assisted suicide, I don't believe, just is not dependent totally on the person who is going to die. If they're not conscious or something, then that, that right can pass to somebody else, their family. All right, you know, pull the plug, you know, give them the injection, uh, their life is over. That's not our choice. That's not our decision. That's up to God and to God alone. Mm -hmm. Good point, Father. Uh, 281 asks, why do we yearn for happiness? Again, it's something that God has placed in our hearts. He has set himself, as the scriptures tell us, 
like a seal on our hearts. He puts that in within us, again, because we are made in his image and likeness. That we are made to love, just like God is love. We are made to love and to be loved. And that puts that yearning for happiness because love is good. And people, that's just an instinct we have because God put it there. It's not something that we can attribute to ourselves. And ultimately, that yearning for happiness and love is actually a yearning for union with God, who is love. Right. We all are looking for God. Some people know it. Some people have no clue. But that's that's what it really is about. That's what it's really about. Yes. Finally, 282 asks, does sacred scripture speak about a way to happiness? Obviously, it gives us everything we need to know. Through the Word of God, the Word of God made flesh in the person of Jesus Christ, who came to save us, to give us new life. So it's all there in his words, in his teachings, in everything, and what the church continues to teach in his name. It's all there laid out for us. We don't always like it, and we don't always agree with it, and it's not the most popular thing to do sometimes. But the way of the Lord is truly good. And the law of the Lord is always good. Well said, Father. You've been listening to Father Joe Lobbock. Can we have a blessing, please, Father? May the blessings of Almighty God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit descend upon you and your families and remain with you forever. Amen. Amen. Until next time, this has been Tim Perry. God bless you. This has been Faith with Father, a production of Living Bread Radio in Canton, Ohio. For an audio archive of this program, log on to livingbreadradio.com and click on Faith with Father. If you have a question or comment about today's program, email us at askfather at livingbreadradio.com. And join us again next time for another edition of Faith with Father.